glad. We had some bad storms the other day, but they passed. But I know living here, we're going to have some more. But there's coming a day. There'll be no more storms. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all can't wait till you get to heaven? I'm with you. And we say that, but boy, I'll tell you what, we're going to do everything we can to stay here as long as we can, right? But nonetheless, we have a wonderful place. We're looking forward to being there, no doubt about it. Thank you, Mr. Clay. That was a great blessing. And uh, that hit tonight, didn't it? That sure hit. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the gospel according to Matthew? The gospel according to Matthew. I know I read this the other day, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it hit me funny. Um, I heard about this man. He called the church office and said, I want to speak to the head hog at the trough. And the secretary was offended. Could you imagine someone calling here and Miss Kyle answering the telephone with that? I want to speak to the head hog at the trough. And uh, she said, well, if you mean the pastor, you need to call him the pastor. You may not call him the head hog at the trough. He said, well, that's fine, but I was thinking about making a donation of $10,000 to your church. She said, hold on, Porky just walked in. Porky just walked in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've been called a lot of things, but not Porky. Amen? Yeah. So anyway, man, Robert pulled out some pictures the other day, 2013. And I've known one thing from 2013 to now. I've lost a bunch of weight. I know that. So maybe back then you could call me Porky. I don't know what you can call me now. Matthew's chapter 9, I want to do a little bit of introduction here before we get to the passage of scripture. We're going to look in chapter 9 of Matthew, look at verse 36 through verse 38, but I really want to set it up because if you're not careful, sometimes we read passage of scripture, we don't get the context of it. And by the way, that's how false uh, religions are formed. That's how error is formed when the scripture is taken out of context. And so when we notice here in chapter 9, the Lord Jesus is in his earthly ministry And so, in the very beginning of this chapter, and all of this is happening continuously. I mean, this is a happening in just in hours, days. So it's very, it's moving. So we we look in the very beginning of the first time we find a man healing a man that's palsied, and then we see that we find that he saves, he calls Matthew from chapter nine, nine verse through thirteen, and then uh, he deals with when you come to verse eighteen, we see some things in succession here. We find that a man came to him and his daughter was dead. And uh, so he's going to go help her. And as he's going there, a woman touches him that has an issue of blood. And so then we find here in verse 27, uh, we find that there were two blind men following him, crying and saying, Thou art son of David, have mercy on us. And then, notice this, verse 32, verse 34, we see a man that's just been cleansed of a demon. Then, chapter, uh, verse 35, we see that he's going, and the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So, here's the context. See, I mean, this is a great teaching moment. And here's the lesson. After all of that, running into all of these people with great needs, great heartache, great trouble, brokenness of life, brokenness of 
spiritual needs, physical needs. Now notice, look at verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Notice this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you will help us, speak to us. I pray that you'll burden our hearts. Lord, that we'll realize that we are living in a day where the multitudes are many. And Lord, we know that there are many hurting, there are many struggling, there are many living their lives of sin and and waste and ruin. And God, you've put us here to be lights on a hill. So I pray you'll help us tonight. Speak to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the message. just simply this. Sheep with no shepherd. Now, my little grandson, Kay, he's big into farm animals. We were talking about sheep today. It was kind of funny because uh, he was asking, you know, I said, well, a lamb is a little baby, but a ewe. And I'll never forget, I was telling him a story. There was people in West Virginia that raised sheep, and we went, they had some little lambs. And I'll never forget it. We went up there, and we were holding them little lambs. And about that time, that old mama ewe popped around that corner. And I'll never forget the man that was raising them, that was raising them. It was his sheep. He looked at me with the funniest face. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, there's nothing more pretty than a lamb, a little old lamb. He said, there's nothing more ugly than an old ewe. <laughs> now, I don't know a whole lot about sheep, but all I know is sheep have to be led. Sheep are not the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. And by the way, that should humble all of us because the Lord likened us to sheep. And so when we think about this, the Lord is using an object lesson here. He's using an object lesson by saying when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So all of the disciples that were standing there listening to the Lord Jesus caught the object lesson. They realized they were aware of sheep. They knew how important it was for sheep to have a shepherd. And he looked out there amongst the multitudes and said, there are so many people here that have no guidance at all. I'm thankful if you're a Christian, you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But you do understand, people that do not know the Lord, they have no leading. So they are like sheep that are scattered because they don't have a shepherd. And that is a sad day, my friend, when we do not have the shepherd guiding us. So here we think about, we think about the multitude. We see that in this multitude here, we see there was confusion. They were scattered. They were wandering. Now think about it. One reason why I believe you being um, solid or settled in the faith. If you're not solid and settled in the faith, You've heard that old thing, if you don't believe something, you'll fall for anything. People ought to know the word of God. Why? Because you don't want to fall for error. You don't want to just go with some, some every wind of doctrine. But with people that have no teaching, no training, they do not know the word of God, the Bible says they're confused, they're scattered. They could be picked up by someone and have them to come and follow them and they could even lead them to their death. If we don't know the truth. So these shepherd is so important because the multitude can be confused. They can be scattered. They can be wandering. We see that his concern was they had no guidance. They had no one leading them. But I, I want you to notice here in this verse 36. We see the multitude. Yes, they were confused. Yes, he, he had concern. But I want you to notice he had compassion. 
Now there's a difference between being concerned and having compassion. Concerned is saying, oh, I feel sorry for so and so. Or I feel sorry that those people are lost. But compassion don't just say, I feel sorry for them. They do something about it. That's the difference between compassion and concern. So he had not only concern for the multitude, he had compassion for the multitude. I want you to notice not only the multitude, I want you to notice the mandate. The mandate. We find it right here in verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. There's the mandate. The harvest truly is plenteous. Now, I want you to step, let the Bible come to life. Put yourself there. These disciples, they have just witnessed. What a teaching moment. I mean, what a teaching moment. They have been with him all through chapter 9. They have witnessed everything the Lord Jesus Christ has witnessed. They witnessed the man that his daughter was dead and he was going to go heal this girl. And as on the way, everybody was thronging after the Lord. There were people in great need. There were people hurting. They witnessed all this. They seen the woman with the issue of blood. They seen the man that was uh, possessed of demon. They went with him and accompanied him to all of the synagogues and the cities all around. And they seen all the hurt, all the sickness, all the pain, all the struggle. And after this, he says, now, I want all of you men to know something. The harvest truly is plenteous. You talking about an exclamation point. They didn't have to be told too much. They just seen it. I don't know about y'all, but it don't take us long or it shouldn't take us long in this day in which we live in. The object lesson is right there in front of us. You don't have to go far to realize there are people that are in great need of the Lord. They're scattered. They're confused. I mean, listen, some of the craziest stuff I hear today come out of the mouths of people, what they believe and what they think. It is so far from what the Word of God teaches They are scattered. The multitudes are scattered. And we ought to realize that the harvest is truly plenteous. What's people's greatest need? The Lord? Would y'all agree? When you met the Lord, not everything changed. But I'll tell you one thing. You understood everything better. Because the Lord gives us spiritual eyes and these ones that do not know the Lord in this day, they're blind. Uh, look, I can't watch the news long. I get upset. Do you? But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I get more upset with Christians than I do lost people. Lost people don't know any better. Christians do. Christians are supposed to know better. But listen, the lost, the lost are blind. They're scattered. They don't have. So you say, what's Washington's greatest need? Jesus I was told our president spoke. Is that true? He spoke at Ebenezer Baptist Church this morning. I thought that'd be interesting. I said, man, I hope I was a little fierier than he was. Amen. But I want to say, I think about, we we talk about our country. We talk about, and look, we, we ought to be concerned. and We ought to get out and vote. But look, people's greatest need is the Lord. Why do they make the decisions they make? Why does people make the decisions they make? Because they're a sheep like sheep wandering around. They need leadership. I'm thankful we have a heavenly shepherd. 
But people need to know the heavenly shepherds. So the mandates, the harvest is truly plenteous. And look at what they have just dealt with. What they have just seen. This demon possessed man. These broken hearted father. The multitudes of people that were confused and struggling. So what an object lesson. What a teaching moment. They did not have to look far to see people in need. And here's the application. Neither do we. Neither do we. Right here, in our area, Chattanooga, right here alone, right here, there are thousands in need of the truth. They're drifting through life. Can I say it like this? The Bible tells us we're supposed to be fishermen of men. I want everybody to know here tonight, we're in a good fishing spot. We can drop the anchor down and you don't have to throw your line out very far from this very moment and we can get, we can throw our lure of the gospel around somebody that's not saved. We're in a good fishing spot. Now I know we got some fishermen here tonight and I'm going to say this, if you're going to go fishing, it don't do any good to fish where there ain't no fish. But we're around, we're in a good fishing spot. By the way, we need to go up here to Walmart. That's a good fishing spot. Everybody goes to Walmart. And we can hand out tracts. We can talk to people about the Lord. But I, I want to talk to you all about something tonight before I move on to the next thought. We believe in soul winning. We believe in personal evangelism. But you know, I, and look here, I don't want to be criticized tonight. I understand. I'm not saying that it's not effective. I'm telling you, we've knocked on doors. We've knocked on every door in this community. And I want you to know something. Knocking on doors, aren't. it's not as quite as effective as it used to be. One reason why is because of the culture we live in. People are scared to answer the doors, number one. Number two, most people won't answer the door. Number three, people are so busy. And I'm being honest, you can knock on 40 doors and talk to two people. We still ought to do it. And by the way, since COVID, not a whole lot of that being going on, but we can still continue to do that. But I'm going to tell you all right now the most effective way, the most effective way to reach people for the Lord. You know how that is? personal one-on-one, you and I building relationships with people. Period. One-on-one building relationships with people. I'm going to tell you all something right now. Each one of y'all that are in the workforce tomorrow, you're going to rub shoulders with people. If you go to Walmart, there are people that you're friends with. And I was even talking, Miss Laura said the other day that she had read something that there was a woman that took an interest in a personal friend. And how their church has grown is because they have a friend, they have a co-worker, they have a family member. And they'll say, hey, I have a ladies meeting. Hey, we have a special event at church. Or hey, I want you to go with me. Or hey, we have a special thing at the church. Hey, we've got a meeting. Won't you go with me? Putting people on a personal level with you, building a relationship People will be more apt to come to spiritual things if you will take a personal interest in them. No doubt. Why? The harvest is truly plentiful. How many of y'all know tonight somebody that you work with or that you know, maybe a family member or someone here in Chattanooga, and that you do not? Now look, we don't know everyone's heart, but by their fruit you would say they're probably not saved. They have no interest in the things of God. Would you raise your hand? You know somebody like that? Well, then you have a good fishing spot. We ought to be working. Why? Because the harvest is truly plenteous. Uh, look, we, we don't have to look far. The harvest is plentiful. Millions in need of the gospel. They're in need of the shepherd. Right here in our area, drifting through life. We're in a good, we're in a good fishing spot.
we see the harvest. Number two, the hindrance. Here it is. Y'all ready? But, but, but. It's not the problem with the harvest. The problem, but. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. I don't know about y'all, but it seems like since COVID, it just seems like people think that, you know, we don't have to serve Jesus anymore. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, church, and I say this out of love. Most churches' attendance has gotten so lax. People, they show up. If they do show up, if they don't show up, if they do, it doesn't matter to them. They take it willy-nilly. They don't know if they need to go. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. Something's changed since COVID. I mean, most pastors I know are discouraged, and here's how they feel. Boy, we just wish we had more people in church. I'm going to be honest. Not only, that's kind of setting it down low. Not only should we want more in church, we ought to want more serving. I mean, just getting to church, I'm going to tell you all right now, that's 101. He said, look, the harvest, not problem with the harvest, the harvest was plenty. We're in a good fishing spot, but what we need is some fishermen. What we need is some folks that will labor. What we need are some folks who are willing to labor in the harvest. So many are just not moved with compassion to labor to harvest souls. Now, I'm not going to mince words with y'all tonight. There is no problem in this church that could not be helped by more dedicated church members serving for souls. There's not one problem we have here that could not be helped by more people dedicated to serve the Lord. You say, Pastor, well, what kind of problems do you run into? Well, we run into labor problems. We've got ministries. We've got things going on. By the way, people get tired, so people sometimes need a rest. So what's the fix to that? More people that can step up and take their place. Some people start getting older, and they need to start turning things over to people. And so there sometimes comes a problem because someone has done that for so long. By the way, one of the things that I mentioned, Brother Jim Beeler will be taking over Wednesday night. I'm going to be honest with you. Brother Jim Beeler has been in uh, children's ministry for years. And I said to someone the other day, you want to learn how to minister to children? And he said, yes. I said, then watch him. (laughs) Everything I've learned, I've learned by watching somebody else. That's training. But here's one of the problems. Let's say that someone is so, they've done that all of their life and we've got some younger people coming up on the scene and they've watched that. But let's say that someone that like Brother Jim passes away, now we have a hole. Do you know what, how that problem is fixed? Someone else that's got the same heart, that's been trained, that's watched him, can step right up in his place. Problem solved. Think about the need that's in the nursery. By the way, I don't know of any church that can grow without babies. But if we're going to have babies, we've got to have ladies that are willing to watch them. So there is a problem that can be fixed by what? More workers. See, there's no problem. that We want to run and reach more children. We want to reach more children. We've got to have more workers. We've got to have more folks that be willing to ride on the bus. Hey, listen to me. There's no problem that a church will face. By the way, you say, well, you're getting into financial problem, which we aren't. Have not been in this church for a long time. No finance. God has blessed our church. You're going to see that on the 29th. But 
But you say, Pastor, there's financial problems in a church. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not a problem that could not be fixed by more dedicated Christians that are willing to tithe. God's way is people. Every problem in a church is fixed by a person to fill it. Y'all with me? So there's no problem in this church or any church for that matter that cannot be helped by more dedicated church members serving for souls. Y'all with me? Write it down in the fleshly tablet of your heart. You say, Pastor, what's our greatest need this year? More laborers. More laborers. It's our greatest need. Not folks sitting back, taking a back seat. No more laborers. Why? The harvest is plenty. There ain't no more other. I mean, listen to me. We're in a place where people are dying and going to hell. Brother Jeremy, I was shocked today. And you're up in uh, uh, Saudi Daisy. Now, that's a pretty rural area. But he's become a detective now. He's got promoted to detective. And I was shocked. We just spoke right over here in the hall a second ago. And he said, we have at least once a week in Saudi Daisy a drug overdose death every week. In Saudi Daisy, drug overdose. And I just asked, I said, well, what's what fentanyl? In Saudi Daisy. Now, I went to the uh, Marion County uh, Jail, me and Brother Mike went there years ago, and the sheriff deputy told us, said, look, we, they were at full capacity in the Marion County Jail, and the man looked at me, looked at us and said, there is only one inmate in this whole jail that is not here because of drugs. And I asked Brother Jeremy, I said, what, so about 99% of the crime in Saudi Daisy has to do with drugs. He said, absolutely. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only, the only one that I know that can clean up, clean up a drug addict is Jesus. They're in need. They're in need of the Lord. So look, the harvest is plenty. It's not the harvest is not the problem. The problem is we need more laborers. We need more church members. You know what I haven't seen in a while when I went to a restaurant, I've not seen a track. I used to go up here and pump gas and I would see a track at the at the pump, at the pumps. I don't see them anymore. I used to go into the restrooms at uh, Cracker Barrel, especially Cracker Barrel cuz look here, Sunday all church people converge there after church. By the way, I asked the waitress one time, and she did. She was straight up. She said, I hate Sundays. I'm like, why? She said, because the church crowd comes in after church. I said, really? She said, yeah, they're the most rude, impatient people. Y'all are certainly not like that over food. I'm going to tell y'all why. Y'all better be nice to that waiter or waitresses because they're handling your food. And you better pray over it because you have no idea what you're eating. I'm going to be honest with you. I think one of the reasons why the harvest has become more plenty is I'm going to be honest, sometimes we, we don't even catch the fish that's right in front of us. Look, I, I know I've always tried to tip well. Sometimes I've been made fun of on that, not in a, like a bad way, but I think you should tip well. Why? Because that, that little old girl there, she might be going through a rough time. She might have two or three children. She needs some help, and she needs more than a dollar. And who knows, when you lay that track down and you've given a generous track, you just, you just cast it out a really good lure. 
Wow, the harvest is plenteous. But the hindrance, the labors are few. See, we're not like a company here. I, I can't put an ad out in the paper. I mean, any, no, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to be ugly about it, but I mean, I could never do that. Could you imagine what that would cause me so much problems when you have to weed through so much stuff? But no, I'm going to be honest. It ought to come from here. All the labors come from here. Can I say this? Crops don't harvest themselves. Crops don't harvest themselves. Those who need Christ will perish unless somebody engages them with the truth. We have to give them the truth. We have to be personal in this thing. We, we sure, I'm going to just say this. We sure need laborers. Hey, every church I know needs laborers. There's not one problem in a New Testament local church that could not be fixed by more dedicated laborers. Promise. So we see the mandate. We see the, the harvest. We see the hindrance. But now I want to just close tonight on this. The hope. Look at verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Now, wait a minute. I didn't write this. The need is great. Labors are few. But here's what I love. Hope remains. Hope remains. Why? Verse 38 doesn't say, all right now, pastors, you get up there and beat people over the head and tell them to get to work. Not what he said. He didn't say, all right, now, I want you to go out there and I want you to twist people's arm and make them feel bad if they don't serve God. He didn't say, I'll tell you what, you beat them over the head in a pulpit, you preach to them and tell them they're a bunch of rotten scoundrels if they don't labor for the Lord. No, that's not what he said. See, his way is better than my way. You know when we do stuff like that, sometimes we think we're helping the Lord out and all we're doing is running people off. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be, can I share a little pastoral theology with you? I've never understood this, you know. I've heard pastors get up and preach mean to their people but they shouldn't take vacations. I have, man. I've heard them. I've heard them. And I'm sitting there going, and I've never understood it. I'm going to tell you all why. Because I'm sitting there going, okay, um, I'm sharp enough to know this. A vacation don't last forever. They're only going to be gone for a week. Then they're going to come back. But if I made them feel like a, a worthless scoundrel for taking a vacation, guess what? I just sent them off forever. I've seen people do that. And I'm like, man, Lord help me. I don't want to be like that. Are y'all with me? Sometimes we think, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. No, that's not what God said for you to do. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to get up and let somebody just know, you ought to get with this thing. No, that's not what God says to do. He said, hey, look, I know the harvest is plenty. The labor's refused. So he said, go out there and make people feel bad. He didn't say that. Twist their arm. Put them on a guilt trip. No, that's not what he said. What did he say? Pray. See, it's his harvest. So pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, not that I send forth labors, because I'm going to tell you all right now, if I send forth labors, they ain't going to stick. But see, when the Lord moves and touches somebody's heart, they'll have a heart for it. Yes, now listen to me. There's the key. You've got to have a heart for something. Yes. Can I help you all give you a little personal illustration on that? Years ago, years ago, at Greystone Baptist Church, I was just the assistant. We had a prayer vigil. 
Well, Pastor and I worked on this list, and we went through the list just like we've done here before, and we've had people fill out prayer requests, but Pastor had some prayer requests, and so he put them on the prayer vigil sheet, and one of them was, we need people that will be burdened by their heart to beach to start working the van ministry, the bus ministry. We didn't have buses there, we had vans. But there was a lot of children in our area we could pick up and bring them to church. So he just put that in the vision. He said, Mark, we got to pray. We got to pray that God will touch somebody's heart. And lo and behold, we had that prayer vigil. And at the prayer vigil, we had that thing 24 hours. I remember I was at the hospital that night. Someone had got sent to the hospital. I was up there during that prayer vigil. And, I mean, we had it all the way through, 24 hours. I mean, all the way through the night, there was somebody at the church praying all through the day. And uh, I'll never forget, it was like the next day after the prayer vigil. It was on a Sunday uh, Darlene and, and Dusty Yates comes in. And I mean, they're just, Darlene just crying. And she comes up to us. She said, oh, I just want you to know. She said, we came and prayed at that prayer vigil. She said, we was praying over that list and said, as we got to pray and we got to that part of where we knew we needed people in the church would be willing to, to ride our vans and to drive our vans. She said, we started praying for that. And lo and behold, God burned our hearts. We want to drive the vans. See, here's what's amazing. They prayed and they were the answer. They prayed and they were the answer. God moved on their heart and they had a burden to pick up those little children. By the way, that's how it works today. Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest. So can I say, you might say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I'm old enough, older. I don't have patience to deal with them children. All right, I'm not going to ask you to go over there and, dry, and pull you the rest of your hair out. But I am going to ask you to pray. You say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. That thing ain't my, that ain't my cup of tea. All right, well, I'm going to ask you to pray anyway because it's amazing what will happen is when you start praying, you'll be shocked what God will move in your heart and give you a burden to do. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest, not that I send forth labors, that he'll send forth labors. Praying is the answer. Notice, look at verse 38. It's so simple but powerful. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. Notice this. Notice the personal program uh, pronouns. His harvest. Not mine. Some people have this idea. Say, oh, it's pastor's church. This ain't my church. This is his church. And by the way, the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I thank God we can be a part of it. So think about this. Good. God wants us to pray that God would raise up a group of people who were burdened to work the harvest. We should always pray for the lost and scattered, but that's not what the context here is. He says we are to be praying. The harvest is plenteous. The labors are few. What's the answer? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for the Lord of the harvest. Our hope is the Lord of the harvest. To touch hearts. I'm going to tell you all this. I've been in this thing long enough. Be 14 years this year here. I've been preaching for 26 years. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. I have never known anybody that God put in their heart to do something. I'm going to tell you right. When God does it, it sticks. When people just do stuff out of obligation or they just, you know, or somebody appoints somebody to do something and they really don't have a heart for it. I'm going to tell you something. It don't stick. You gotta have that heart for it. Who, who works that will into people? God does. The, the Lord of the harvest does. And I'm gonna say this. 
Ministry is about heart. People know when your heart's in it and they know when it's not in it. So listen, pray there for the Lord of the harvest. Pray for laborers. And by the way, that's people who would engage the lost, who would engage the hurting, who would engage and, and the wayward, and, and with, with what? In God's work, through the ministries of this church. But here, here's our message, with God's word. Look, I don't, I've never done this, and I'm not going to do it now. I ain't going to twist people's arms. I ain't going to put people on guilt trips. I've never done it. Never done it. I am not going to start doing it. I'm not. No one's ever, I mean, look, if someone had to twist my arm, it's for the wrong motive anyway. I mean, how many of y'all glad you're saved? Amen. Well, because you're saved, he put something in us. And I know we're all old worthless sinners, but I'm going to tell you something right now. We ought to have a desire to do something for him. Yes, yes. Something. And by the way, I'm going to give you a whole heap of stuff we can do on the 29th. Don't think I ain't just lining this up just to hit in the air. I got a target I'm looking at on the 29th. There's stuff to be done. And you know how it's going to get done? People. You know what I've been told? And I think this has held through the years. Now, I, I don't, I've never done it here, but people say most of the work in a church gets done by 10% of the people. Mm. I'd like to change that around here. I will say this. VBS, we certainly much over 10%. I ain't never seen a church with a workforce like we have for VBS. And we got a church that wants to, to, to labor, and we got a lot of things going on. But look, I, look, our hope, the Lord of the harvest, is to touch hearts. And I'm not going to twist arms. I'm not going to put people on guilt trips. I'm just not going to do it. I've never done it, and I'm not going to start. Y'all know why I don't do that? Because I hate it when somebody does me like that. I don't like it. And that ain't God's way. You can read this King James cover to cover and you'll never find it. There's never been coercion in the work of God. Never. It's always been a heart issue. It's always been God working in them both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But we're to pray. We're to pray. Pray the Lord will work in our hearts. Will you pray the Lord will work on your heart? And will you pray that God will help us, by the way, reach new people, more people? Because more people means what? More laborers. So would we pray the Lord of the harvest? Now look, 29th, we want to talk about some things. Well, let's get set before we get there. How about we start tonight where God wants us to start? Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Here's the application. Here's the invitation. I'm not asking you to talk to anybody. The Bible's not telling you to go up and to twist somebody's arm. Now we can encourage people. But tonight I want to leave the application exactly the way the Word of God says. We have a dilemma. There's a harvest, it's plenteous, but the problem, we don't have enough labors. Same here, but the answer is this, pray. So can I ask you all a question? How many of y'all tonight would be part of the solution? And I mean, and I'm just going to say this, bring your kids up. Let's make this place a place of prayer here the next few minutes. And let's do exactly what God asked us to do here. The har- How many of y'all know the harvest is plenteous? They're everywhere. Yes. 
We know the labors are few, but the answer is, we, and how many of y'all can pray? All of us can pray. So I'm going to ask you tonight. Pray. Be a part of the solution. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth. We don't know who they are, but the Lord of the harvest does. And I'm going to ask you tonight, let's, let's, let's bathe this place. Let's bathe this ministry. Let's, bathe, let's do exactly what God asked us to do. Let's pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he send forth labors into this field. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How many of y'all this is your home church? Well, this is the field you're concerned about. You live in Chattanooga, this is your field. You live in Rossville, that's your field. Chattanooga, the whole greater Chattanooga area, that's our field. We, we have an opportunity. We're fishing right here. Hallelujah. So would we stand on our feet tonight? Thank you. I'm going to ask you tonight. How many of you tonight as Tiff Tony Baptist Church... You'd be part of the solution, and you would just pray, you there for the Lord of the harvest. Look, the altar's open. Why don't you come? Your seat's open. Get down on your knees or get make your pew an altar. But this is the it. We all can do this. Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest that he send forth labors. How many of you would be part of the solution tonight? Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest that he send forth labors. Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, what? The prayer is to send forth labors. Maybe God, maybe God is specifically speaking to you about something. Be sensitive to Him. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He send forth labors into the harvest. There's not one problem in any church that could not be solved by more dedicated workers and laborers for the Lord. There's no doubt about it. It's not money. It's not talent. It's people. Dedicated people. Willing to labor, serve, pray, and he sends forth labors into his field. We all know the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Amen. That should be our prayer.
Let's ask God to help us, Brother Don. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we close this service tonight, Lord, help us, Lord, in our own hearts tonight, realize there is a harvest that is true, truly plenteous. And we need laborers, Lord, put upon our hearts. Lord, we do pray, Lord, for them. We pray, Lord, for our own right here in our church, Lord, to give us more laborers. We have such wonderful ministries and great opportunities. Lord, help us as our theme is to be like thee. And you looked on the multitude and had compassion. May we have compassion upon those all around us, I pray. Help us even this week. Help us tomorrow morning. Help us where we're at, Lord. And Lord, that we reach uh, every boy and girl we can, every mom and dad, every grandparent, everyone. Lord, because the days are shorter. And Lord... We know our time is shorter, so help us to do it. Now bless our pastor. Thank you for him. Bless our church, Lord. Protect us. Put a hedge of protection around each family here tonight. And help each one to get home safely. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Good night. God bless all of you.